Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life at Ease, an early autism services podcast. I am your host, Naza, outreach specialist with early autism services, and I'm very happy to introduce you to our guest for today's podcast episode. Eric Jorgensen is the founder of Special Needs Navigator and host of the ABCs of Disability Planning podcast. He started Special Needs Navigator because he was frustrated with the barriers and challenges he encountered while trying to get information so he could do the right thing as a single father with his son on the autism spectrum. As a consultant with Special Needs Navigator, Eric helps families, individuals, and professionals across the country navigate the maze of disability benefits, resources, and services available to those with intellectual and developmental disabilities. His mission is to create a new category of services to complement estate and financial planning. Eric uses his podcast to introduce his listeners to disability-related benefits, resources, and services that they may not be familiar with. Welcome, Eric. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you, Naza. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Um, I would love for our listeners to gain some insight on um, your journey, your story, how you have come to um, where you are right now with Special Needs Navigator and the podcast, the wonderful podcast that um, you have. Everyone follow and listen. Um, Eric has great content, very useful, helpful content. And and, uh, I I know I personally appreciate um, what you do and uh, your episodes and, and the topics that you cover. Um, But please tell us a little bit about your journey, who you are, so we can better understand um, your purpose with Special Needs Navigator. Sure. Thank you. And I think as many of your listeners are going to have probably come across, like like many professionals, I come at it from personal experience. You know, I, back in 2012, I was, I was retiring from the Navy. I was supposed to retire in June of 2012. And at the time, my wife and son were going, we were living in Maryland. We were going to move back to Connecticut because we'd been geographically separated for five years. So prior to me coming to Maryland in 2010, I'd lived in Virginia and I lived in Cuba for two years and my wife and son lived up in Connecticut. So we were finally getting back together as a family unit. We were, we were figuring out how it was going to work and just what the dynamics going to be like. And before the day I was supposed to start my terminal leave, which is the, for lack of a better term, vacation that the military gives you to learn how to become a civilian again. I was, I was driving up to, I was going to drive up to Connecticut to go to a job fair. I had my car packed and um, I went to bed that night with, with, you know, looking forward to starting a new chapter, right? I mean, in 90 days, I was going to be a civilian and I was going to have a job and we were all going to be up in Connecticut in our forever home. And it was, it was going to be perfect. And then uh, sometime in the night, I woke up. I don't still don't know really what woke me up or what happened, but I came out and I found my wife having an altered mental state in the living room. And by the time I got her to the hospital, she'd had um, the, the doctors told me she'd had six strokes and that they were uh, hemorrhagic strokes. So it's not like you could, you know, typically with a stroke, they'll try to give you medication to remove the blockage. Um, to try to help, but with hemorrhagic strokes, they can't do that because it's, you're, it's a brain bleed. So she lapsed into a coma and spent a week in the ICU, which um, for younger, for older listeners, they might remember a show called House, where every episode was 
trying to diagnose some really rare disease with a ton of doctors coming in and out of your room. And, and that's what it felt like. I would talk to anywhere between six to 12 or 15 doctors a day, trying to figure out what was going on with my wife, why she was, you know, why she was dying. Um, cause her heart kept pumping out clots. Um, so after a week of that, she, she, uh, just didn't respond. They did a CAT scan, said the CAT scan was flat. Normally CAT scans have ridges to show, but it was because it was so much blood in her brain. Um, not to get too graphic, but, you know, I ended up taking her off life support and she, you know, she died on April 4th, uh, and was buried on Easter weekend for the, you know, over, um, back in 2012. So here I am now, I have a 12 year old son, William, who, uh, I had no clue what to do, right? I'd never been a caregiver. You know, I, I would come home for two to three weeks, every three or four months, and my wife would just take care of stuff and basically tell me stay out of her way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, I think, I think families can relate because I think most family units probably have those very defined roles, whether you have a child with a disability or not. And, you know, back then, William... Uh, needed needed help with everything all of his activities of daily living she was still doing you know bathing toileting the whole nine yards and i'm not a caregiver i'm not a squishy uh kind of guy you know i did 15 years uh, 20 years in the navy most of those on submarines uh you know i'm just not a very soft and squishy mm -hmm. nursing kind of guy so i started looking around for help i found the ark of montgomery county who did a lot for me. And, and I, I'm still a big advocate for the ARC chapters around the country. There's a video I did for the ARC of Montgomery County uh, back in 2012 that talks about my journey with them. So if anybody wants to look at that, they can go to after, you know, if they Google Eric Jorgensen after all, there's a video for the ARC of Montgomery County that I did way back when, before Special Needs Navigator existed. I have to check that out myself. I still get choked up. Um, I can't watch it. You know, um, so... What, what happened after that is I retired in December of 2012, and I was really lost. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do because all my plans were thrown away, right? I was going to go to Connecticut with my wife, and now I'm in Maryland. Um, I ended up selling the house about a year later, you know, uh, at cash-only sale because I just couldn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And I joined financial services thinking well, if I'm a financial advisor, I'm going to give advice. You know, I'm going to help people understand why they need life insurance and why they need to plan and all the things that my wife and I didn't do. You know, when, when Christine died, my wife's name was Christine. When she died, we didn't have, we hadn't done life insurance. We, we had a very little um, that we had ready for us, right? We didn't do any financial planning or any estate planning for having a child with a disability. We didn't do any of that. All we did was if I die, because I'm in combat zones around the world and a lot of other unfriendly places, if I die, she's taken care of. But even then we only had what the military gave us. So I wanted to change that dynamic for families with disabilities. And I was a financial advisor for a lot of years and I would, but I bounced. <laughs> I would joke. It got to the point where I was joking that the Navy ruined me. I couldn't stay in any one job for longer than three years. And, and in the Navy, I would rotate every three or four years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, maybe that's why I can't hold a job. <laughs> um, because I did. I bounced, you know, between 2012, when I retired in December of 2012, I started working at a financial services firm in October of 2012. Between then and then last year, I, I probably worked at three or four different companies, you know, just bouncing around, mm -hmm. trying to find 
that one place where I could help families like mine that in the way I, that I wanted to. And over time, I grew to realize financial advice is important, but there's a lot of people out there willing to do it, you know, whether or not people want to get it, but there, there's, there's resources out there. There's a lot of resources out there for financial advice. And what's not out there is there's nothing out there connecting the dots for families, explaining how a special needs trust might work with an ABLE account or what the difference is between guardianship and supported decision-making or, you know, just talking through, should I be a guardian? What does it even mean? What happens when I die? Or, you know, what the heck's a Medicaid waiver? You know, what do you mean? You know, my, why isn't my child getting supports after high school? What do you mean you're not going to get supports? What's this cliff I'm t- I hear talking about? Or transition services started at 14, but my child's 16. Why aren't they getting anything? You know, all of these questions mm-hmm. that they don't know to ask because they're like I was, right? I have no idea what I didn't know. And this was all kind of building up. Like I wanted to do this. So I started Special Needs Navigator back in 2017 as kind of a hobby. I built a website, which was nothing to look at. And I would just kind of give the advice I wanted to give, but I would do it with a financial plan. So it wasn't really the focus. Like I was still kind of worried about going out on my own or whatever. And I still wasn't really clear on what it looked like. And then last year uh, in 2020, um, 2020 was a rough year. <laughs> so in, in February, my son had a titanium rod put in his chest because he had a concave sternum where his sternum was pushing against his heart and his lungs. So in February, they put a rod in his chest to pop his sternum out. And it, it's as painful as it sounds because they put the rod in and then they flip it. So the sternum isn't, it's not gradually out. It's literally one minute it's concave and the next minute it's the way it should be. Oh gosh. Um, so he spent a couple of days in children's in um, I had gotten a biopsy done in January for, for something that I found on my face. And I forgot about it because I was worried about my son's surgery. So in March, I get a call from the dermatologist saying, you know, they need to talk to me. And I go in and I went, you know, um, all this time, I'd always seen a nurse practitioner, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, again, you just kind of go in. And this time the actual doctor was there. I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> you know, you never want, it's, it's kind of like, going to the principal's office, right? You just know there's something going on. Um, and they told me that I had a, a nodular melanoma on my face, which is a very aggressive cancer and that they were very concerned. And I'm going to give you the abbreviated version, but basically they said, because I was being treated at the VA at the time, they're like, we don't think that if you continue to be treated by the VA, that you're going to be treated in time you know, basically that, uh, the melanoma will probably kill me before I get treated. Um, so (laughs) another, um, curveball, right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking to you. So obviously I didn't die. The, uh, luckily because I retired from the Navy, I have Hopkins, Johns Hopkins family health care plan. And I saw an amazing surgeon at Hopkins who, um, they removed the left side of my face. So if you draw an imaginary line from the bottom of my left ear to the bottom of my left, the bottom of my lip and everything from my eye down, that entire side of my face was removed. Uh, you can't tell. I mean, I have a little bit of a scar um, along, but my glasses hide it. And then your natural lines on your face, you know, underneath your nose, this, my, my left side is a little more pronounced, but you can't really tell. Um but it was a wake up call. Right? So here I am recovering from this 
pretty invasive surgery. I was on the table for seven or eight hours. Wow. And just thinking about what am I doing? Right. I'm not really helping the families I want to help, not the way I want to help them. I'm still helping other people pursue their dream and trying to fit my vision into their box. Right. Like I just, I knew that what needed to be done was, was families need somebody to, to just give them simple answers without all the other crap, you know, (laughs) don't sell me life insurance just so you can tell me what I need to do to get my child help. Or I don't want to pay $5,000 for a financial plan. If, if all I need to do is apply for SSI. You know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but that's that's really what it felt like. It, it's it's like, why is this so freaking hard? Mm-hmm. Um, so then in July of, of last year, I incorporated special needs navigator and said, you know, sink or swim, I'm going to do this my way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I've done since then is I built the podcast. Thank you for that, for that uh, ABCs of disability planning, where I'm interviewing people around the country and the world because I, I recently had a guest from Tel Aviv. Um, you know, to come on and talk about resources that most families have probably never heard of because most families are probably doing the same thing I freaking did. Put your head down, go through, get through, get through today, yeah. worry about tomorrow when it gets here. And, you know, if, if we're not even thinking about next week, much less next year or 10 years from now. And the only resources we get are from other parents, you know, and the problem with that is they, they only get what they knew. So who's exposing them to all the new stuff that's coming? Mm -hmm. Nobody. And that's why I started ABCs of Disability Planning Podcasts, because I want to get this exposure out there. And I want to ask questions like a dad. You know, I don't want to be a professional having that 60 minutes conversation. I want to be a dad saying, hey, dude, well, what do you mean about this? You know, and, and just being okay with it. Hey, I don't know everything. I might sound like an idiot, but at least I'm the one asking that question. So other people don't have to sound like an idiot. Right. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so that's what led to the ABC disability planning podcast. And then before that I started a YouTube channel because I'm like, what if, you know, I've used YouTube for, for (laughs) some stupid things, but I mean, I've also used it for things that I, you know, like fixing, uh, fixing a sink or something. Right. I'm like, so if I can, if, if there's videos like that out there, why can't there be a video explaining what Medicaid is? Wow. Why do I have to try to go to the CMS website and feel like I'm beating my head into a wall? It's just not friendly. No. So I... <laughs> Terminology and, and then I'm just lost in a, in a Google search of what does this mean? What does this do? And how do I, you know? Exactly. So I created my YouTube channel for, you know, five to 10 minute videos about stuff like that. SSI, Medicaid, disabled child benefits, survivor benefit plan, just everything that I'm like, man, wouldn't it have been nice if dot, dot, dot. And then I take that and I run it to the website and I'm always putting it out there. If somebody wants to give me topics, I'll, I'll do a deeper dive into it. Um, I don't really get too often. More often than not, what happens is I'll get emails from people saying, Hey, what can you tell me about? So that's that. And so the, the, YouTube channel and the podcast were meant to be ways that families could access information for free without having to, without having to go through some kind of firewall or paywall, you know, meaning you don't have to pay somebody to get a question answered. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when, if those don't work, then you can hire me 
um, for a consultation, right? But it's not, it's not, oh, you have to hire me to get my information. It's really, you have to hire, the only reason you're hiring me is because you're really stuck and you just need that extra help. You know, not because I don't want to give up all this information because, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm going to keep it rated G, but I think it's BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm having a blast. I have helped families in 22 different states since January of this year. So wow. in, in 2021, I've helped families in 22 different states. That must you know, feel and, incredible, Eric. It's, really, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's humbling. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, who the heck am I to have this opportunity to be able to help people like this? And more importantly, why isn't anybody else doing it? <laughs> it takes a certain type of individual. I think you have the passion. You definitely thank you so much for sharing uh, your journey, your story, um, some bits of information I didn't know about. It just feels uh, very heavy in my heart. And, I, and um, I, my heart goes out to you and, and uh, you know, your son for everything that um, you have experienced. Uh, and to be able to go through what you have been through and turn it into something positive and really look at the situation or look at um, what's out there and say, you know, this was very difficult for me as a parent, you know, in a state of grief and shock and everything else. Um, And then having to not be able to take the time you needed to process that because you have an individual that you love and care about that needs extra support. So where's your support, right? And and that's kind of what helped you create this this platform, the website, the YouTube channel, um, your podcast. Um, you know what you as, as a consultant, the work that you do. Um, and I'm just, you know, I think I think it's, it's it's inspirational, honestly. And just thank you, thank you for for turning it into something so positive. Um, to be able to help other families um, that are struggling, and you brought up uh, you brought up a really good point. Just like is this is this a stupid question, right? My son um, needed uh, significant therapies. He was born premature, and sometimes I walked into the office thinking I needed to know everything about everything, or the opposite, right? Um, or not the opposite, just the the professionals there expecting me to know everything about everything. And I'm like, I know, I, I don't, I don't have a clue. Um, and then who is there to help you walk through? I mean, sometimes the professionals don't have the extra time or, you know, they don't have a family support sy- services system in place. Um, and so then what do you do as a parent, you know, and you get lost on Google, um, just buried <laughs> and then typically, I mean, usually for me, it was just like, I came out even more stressed and worried than I, than I did, um, you know, after my Google search. So um, I'm just, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, Thank you for what you do. I think it it is very important. um, You know, before the outreach position, I was on intake and I received families, uh, calls from families, just so confused about what are, what does this mean? What are my next steps? What do I do? Um, and, and I think I mentioned this to you when we had a a previous conversation, it was so devastating to me that I was their first person that they were coming to with these questions. You know, I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm not a professional. I'm not a developmental pediatrician. I'm not the neurologist. 
And um, it just felt very devastating to me that the families didn't get that support from um, the person that they really needed to. And um, when I came across what you do and how you help families, I'm just like, genius, you know, this this is no, it it really is. It's some, it's a service that, that families need um, that children need uh, and you making those questions, just simple questions, you know, you don't have to, to kind of, uh, I, I love how you simplify the, the, the questions in order to get the most direct answers. And um, you take that financial aspect out of that initial um, kind of interaction with you and your service. You know, it's, it's like, if, if, if my YouTube channel can help you, um, if my podcast can help you, great. If not, you know, then we can talk about. So, so thank you. It's 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 a generous, humble way of um, just being there for for other families, you know, empathizing and sympathizing. Um, so, how how can families reach out to you? The thank you, Naza. The the easiest way for a family to get in touch with me is going to go, you know, especially it's navigator.us because it has everything. You know, at the bottom of the page, you have links to all my social media, the podcast, the YouTube. At the top of the page, you get you have a menu of how you want to engage me. Do you want are you a do-it-yourselfer? Are you a professional looking for help? Are you just looking to hire me? You know, there's three buttons right there. There's a, a link to my calendar from the, the website. I mean, it's really I try to be very accessible um, by email or or whatever. Um you know, I, I don't do very much by phone. So really the easiest way to is either by email, you know, by email, Erica, specialneedsnavigator.us or going to the website, specialneedsnavigator.us and, and looking there, you know, all the social media is out there, Needs Navigator on Twitter and, you know, Special Needs Navigator on Facebook. I'm not on, I have an account, but I don't know how to use like Instagram and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm an old dude. <laughs> No, you're fine. Okay. So, so there you are, um, listeners, um, check out the website. If you need to email, uh, if you need to contact Eric, um, feel free to email, email him. And I will also add, um, your information in, uh, in the post. Um, and I just want to say, uh, again, thank you. Um, can, can, uh, I, I did have another question. I'm sorry. Um, does, do, do, can client, so what, at what stage can families reach out to you? Um, you have families sometimes looking for diagnosticians. You have families who have a diagnosis and they need to know what to do now. And so just, I guess if you could talk a, a little bit to, to the different stages, um, do families need to have everything together? Do they have to have all the documents? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you yeah, think, that's when, Yeah. Um, so they definitely don't need to have it all together because if they have it together, they probably don't need me. Um, you know, my, my, the first call is free. So it's really, um, that's the call where we figure out, can, can I even help you? Okay. I, uh, with regards to if they're looking for somebody, I, I have professionals that reach out to me for that. So I don't mind if families do for that. It's probably better just an email saying, Hey, I'm looking for this rather than rather than trying to get on a call because you know if you get on a call i'm gonna end up going on my computer i have a um so the other thing i've done over the last nine years because i'm a little bit of obsessive compulsive i guess is i have a 196 page google document of resources i've accumulated over the years so i don't have it in my head because i have it on my google doc um 
but that's where if a family says, well, I'm looking for this. Now, diagnostic, uh, uh, somebody to get the diagnosis, maybe not so much because I'm, I'm such, I'm a 30,000 foot view guy in, you know, especially in a state like California or Arizona, any of those bigger states mm-hmm. where you, where, where all the different cities are so spread out. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily have a doctor per se, okay. but if somebody is like, Hey, I'm getting ready to apply for SSI. Do you have any tips for me? That would probably be a good email. I could just say, yeah, make sure here's what you need to do. Or, you know, and I have um, like, I have my kits, my state transition roadmap kits, right? So if somebody's like, I have a child who's, between the age of 14, 22, or 26, if they live in Michigan, and we're getting ready to leave high school, but we don't even know what to do, again, go get the roadmap transition kit. It's going to be a lot less expensive than hiring me, and just just go through it. it it's all, everything I did was, I took everything that the state does, okay. regardless of what state you live in, and if you start at the top and work your way down, the, the stuff at the top is going to be the easiest thing to do before you get to the hardest, and it's really... These they're books that are designed to let you do everything. Um, I hope I answered the question. I feel like no, I went you, a little bit you off. definitely <laughs> did. No, no, you definitely did. And that that um, that that seems like a very helpful tool. I remember again on intake, I did receive calls from families moving out of state, and they're just like, "We want services set up before we get there." You know, how do we do that? And sometimes the insurance is a holdup. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, I know we talked a lot about that, and maybe we could revisit the topic uh, at another time. Um, but the fact that the you know that the insurance is a requirement for you know, let's say ABA or, or any other component is, is a holdup. And, and, and I know um, some families, for some families, it was, it was very frustrating. Like, I just want a smooth transition. So I'm so, I'm so glad that you have that um, available for, for families to, to look into. Well, I'm um, not going to say it'll give you a smooth transition, though, because the states don't talk to each other. Oh, goodness. I'm not surprised about that, but um, it just, but just even having some, you know, even having something just to help, um, to help guide, guide families. Yeah. And then on top of everything else with the move, right? The new place, the mortgage, the rent, the the truck, the <laughs> the furniture that's going to get damaged, and you know everything else. Um, that's one thing that one less thing to to have to immerse yourself in the worry and anxiety, um, you having it laid out for them or just having, having that resource available for them helps families, even if they're, even if it's just a little bit of help, it's, it goes a long way. Um, and do you work with, uh, families who have private insurance, Medicaid? Um, are you, are you well-versed in, in the different kind of, um, what do I want to call it? Just the, the, the way that the med, you know, the Medicaid plans work and private insurance plans. And are you able to help families navigate that? Not the private insurance so much. I'm definitely okay. more public benefits guy. Okay. Because I'm not, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm, I'm definitely more of, and I, you know, my focus is intellectual developmental disabilities. So, and that's because every single state in the country, including DC, has a waiver to provide services to individuals who have intellectual or developmental disabilities. Every single state. Now, each state is different in what criteria they have to receive those services, but all those services are going to be paid for by Medicaid. Um, and then, you know, because I'm, because, well, I'm a for-profit and I'm not a healthcare provider, so everything I do is private pay. You know, there's no grants, there's no, you know, easy way to pay for me. 
um, which is which is like as you pointed out is why i try to put all those other free tools out there okay all right eric thank you so much again for joining us today um feel free to if you do have uh any families who are looking for uh, diagnos diagnosticians in, in some states, uh, specific states, um, feel free to reach out to us, our listeners. Also, if you're looking for, for that type of information, feel free to email info at earlyautismservices.com. Eric, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and I would love to help your families who are just looking for a list of doctors. Um, we do have a list that we, that we are able to share with families um, when they're at that, at that stage. Um, and just want to say thank you again. Uh, I hope to have you uh, as a guest um, and maybe talk about um, talk about the, the private plans and the Medicaid plans and, and uh, how families can navigate uh, their insurance uh, to help them with um, the information that they need for to help their, their, their child. Um, I would love to talk to that. Um, and I know you have a lot of um, just from our previous conversation, just the passion that you have for people. Um, I, again, it's inspiring and, and we need more people like you out there, especially in this world um, of, uh, you know, we're just, it's just a little bit difficult for, for some families, you know, uh, the world is not um, a friendly place sometimes. And so having you as there is, is, is amazing. Thank you, Eric. Wow, you're, you're very kind, Naza. Thank you very much. And thank you for, for having me and let me share my story. Our pleasure. Our pleasure completely. Thank you, listeners. Again, this is Life at Ease and Early Autism Services podcast. And thank you so much for joining us today and listening. Goodbye.